This is Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. With me is Marco Sparks. Hello. And today we're talking about S02E07, Surface Tension. Mm-hmm. This episode... I have a lot of notes for this episode. I don't know about you, but this is going to be a long podcast, I think. Oh, I'm excited. I'm just here to hear all of your notes. Oh. This is a huge Arya episode. Yes. I, I'm almost tempted to say we should leave her for the end, but I, I wouldn't want to you know, break up our, our routine. Arya's all over this episode. Well, not only that, but this episode, there's so much uh, kind of like nonverbal com- content in yes. it. Yes. Like, uh, so many of the scenes are just about like reaction shots people are giving and like the way that they're, you know, behaving. Uh, not even the dialogue. On like, top of it, even like in the, the flashback, which isn't necessarily Arya centric, mm-hmm. but like, uh, to me, if you watch that flashback and you didn't think that Arya is potentially evil before, <laughs> like it's pretty, it's pretty like it's written on a billboard, you well, know, in her nonverbal communication. We'll get to that later, but is she not holding an apple in that scene? I'm pretty sure she is. Yeah, I yeah. think she is. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to it. Surface tension. Talk about the opening here. Hannah. Uh, well, we start part- off in Hannah's kitchen. Yeah, Emily is now going to be living with Hannah. Although they, they exposition some BS about how, like, the pipes broke, and so the guest room in Hannah's house needs fixing. So because of that, Hannah and Emily will be rooming together. We'll be sharing we'll a room, never which I imagine, like, the, the reason for that is, like, they didn't want to build another set. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, they call it the sleepover that never ends. And then there's just a like, cut to, like, Arya and Spencer, like, doing the eye chatter thing back and forth. Which, by the way, uh, if you happen to go back and listen to our, our normal podcast, Time Trial Murder Mystery, uh, S3E2, the Pretty Little Liars episode, that's the episode where I talk about uh, my thoughts on the show after binge-watching a season and a third. This was the episode I was up to when I did that podcast, so hmm. uh, I'll, I'll address a couple of things I said there, but many of my, all of my like theories about how Spencer and Emily and, and Arya and Hannah are the same person that's all like leading up from this episode hmm. and part of it i just thought it was funny that the the two doppelgangers are now rooming together and and spencer and aria are both kind of like you know smiling to each other about it like they're in on some special joke which like if you were to go and like write a paper on that theory this is the episode where i think you get a lot of like juicy background you know, details to, mm-hmm. to solidify your theory. But at the same time, there's a lot of stuff here that really muddles the waters. <laughs> well, like, what does it mean? Like, what does it mean that one of the doppelgangers is a lesbian? And like, like when, when, when like Hannah's talking about her sketchy boyfriend, like, what does that mean for Arya? Does that mean that she's mm-hmm. leaning towards Jason? You know what I mean? Like it's anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they're in the kitchen. Um, this is kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, to me, almost like a mirror, like season one scenes where it always start off in Spencer's kitchen, only now we're in Hannah's kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Arya happens to suggest, Arya suggests that they should trust Officer Garrett Reynolds. Officer Garrett Reynolds. They've been uh, trying to get some information from him about this Logan Reed guy, but no word yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer mentions is- that uh, she could have used some of Ian's 10 grand. So to yeah. buy Melissa's engagement ring back. Yeah. So um, Spencer wants results for that money. Well, then somebody brings up to her, you know, well, they would have traced it back to you. And Spencer's just kind of like, 
So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the girls kind of talk about like how they've been basically like walking this tightrope of where they need to find out information. They need to be a little more proactive, but at the same time, they don't really want to do anything that risks upsetting A because right now A is like in a calm spell. Yeah, Hannah specifically mentions that she's worried about antagonizing A into something new. Walking into another extravaganza. And then Arya has a line where she says, this isn't just about making us look like bitches anymore, is it? Yes. yes. <laughs> no, Arya, it's not. And uh, so Spencer thinks that A is trying to keep them all quiet because mm-hmm. A killed Allie. And that that's, that's what this is all about, has been uh, kind of shutting them up and also ruining their credibility. Well, and the, the girls also reflect in this scene about the whole fashion show tobacco and the look of Mrs. DeLorentz's face, um, which is interesting that they set it up with the girls because the girls mm. themselves don't bring up the episode, bring that up in the episode again. But like that, the shadow of what happened to the fashion show hangs over this episode of every other character in a big way. Yeah, I think I could say without giving anything away, they, they plant a lot of seeds in this episode that will be addressed later. Like, I feel like this was like the big episode starting like, you know, the run for the, like the, the rest of the first half of the season. Yeah. Um, so there's a doorbell ring that gift basket is delivered and it's of course from a, mm-hmm. <laughs> with the note that says what fun, two little liars under one roof. You're making it so easy. A, which I think this backs up my idea that a is actually just camped outside one of their houses all the time. And A's probably thinking, like, all right, like, they're two in one house. Like, this is going to be, like, so much easier for my routine. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that was our opening there. And then I guess we're going to be talking about Arya. So it starts out, Arya is. (laughs) Just real quick, Hannah's. It's not even good candy. She throws it in the trash. Yeah, in in the gift basket, they got some candy from a and it's like i think that's like some of that like off-brand uh like seas candy it's like not seas candy and it comes in a package you can buy at the store that's just no good i always love when they they show a like stores buying things like handing over bills and stuff like i kind of wish we got that with literally every aspect of the a enterprise Mm -hmm. i would just love like the little like giallo scene of like a just like like pushing a shopping cart, like dumping things in it, then paying and like like weighing in like either hand like expensive candy, shitty candy, expensive candy, shitty candy. Puts back the expensive candy in the show, tosses the shitty. It's like it's like I'm not going to the mall for C's candy for this joke. I, or just I'm picture just gonna get the off-brand stuff. It does the finger point at everything in the basket, then pulls out the bills and like adds it up. Oh, that's not in the A budget this month. <laughs> <laughs> Has to go back for some non-name brand stuff. Uh, yes, so then there's Arya, speaking of A. Yeah, give me just a second. Sorry, I had to close the window. Somebody outside is apparently smoking. Ugh. Hmm. Or watching you. Yeah, yeah, it could be A watching. So oh. yeah, Arya's in her room when the, when the when her section starts. She's picking out dresses with her mom, Ella, for some kind of dinner thing that her parents are throwing. It's like a family um, dinner party type of thing. No. Arya's actual dress in this scene is normal. It's a nice dress for a high school girl, but mm-hmm. it's her wrists that I want to talk about. Go ahead. She's got some of those like spiky wrist bracelet things. <laughs> like she could just like jab your like eye. Uh, like punk rock. Yeah, yeah, like like punk goth, something from like the Warriors. Mm-hmm. 
Arya's fashion is so insane. Well, she holds up these two dresses for her mom. One of them looked like one of them is just like I don't even remember. It's just a dress. The other one seemed way too like lacy and sheer to be a dress you'd wear. Yeah. To to be owned by the sixteen year old girl, yeah. let alone considered for a dinner party with her parents. Meanwhile, during the scene, Mike like he does that thing where he like slams his door and like runs out of the house before anyone can talk to him because he's still being a huge douche. Yeah, he's in he's in too much of a rush to be an asshole and get out of the home to mm-hmm. eat breakfast at home. And so Arya suggests another dress, and Ella says like, "Oh, that makes you look very grown up." And Arya like she swoons for a second, but then she gets a suspicious look on her face. Like mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but this whole episode seems to me like Ella is like trolling Arya. Um, I'll, I'll say it now. One of my, one of the theories I had in that time trial murder mystery podcast based on this episode was that Ella actually knew about Arya and Ezra because of the way she's acting in this scene and or in these, in this whole episode. I can see that. Well, cause the so, way so- she's like, it makes you look grown up. Like there's definitely like, like behind a mask of friendly momness, there's like a little bit of condescension. Well, what if it's not even so much about Ezra? It's just that Ella knows her daughter. You know, mm-hmm. she knows yeah. that Arya, like, thinks that she's an adult, and that's how you play up to her. But yeah, she says, I like that one to the little black dress, which piques the fuck out of Arya's interest for a moment or two. Mm-hmm. Well, and then Byron shows up, and him and Ella had this very strange conversation where Arya's kind of, like, in the background, like, you know, looking at dresses or shit. Um, and Byron is like, oh, like, so-and-so, like, got a babysitter so they can come to this thing. Like, uh, so-and-so, like, they say her, they're, like, w- some other friend that was invited, their mom fell off a riding mower. And they, they both had this weird conversation where, like, they, it's like they want to make jokes, but Arya's there. And so yeah. they're just kind of, like, smirking at each other as they talk about it. Like, yeah. it's a very weird scene, but I like it. Like, I like that it shows that, like, these, these are like the actual people that exist outside of like Arya's life. You you really have to ponder like when the camera's off and like the the B roll stuff that like you know like these people's real lives. It's not mm-hmm. fit for television. Like what kind of like white privileged people jokes do they make? Like <laughs> like can't you just get your Mexicans to watch the kids or whatever? You know like like they just seem yeah they it's a nice little thing that show that they're that they're not like perfect TV parents, which they're not at all. Well, it really just seems like they're, they're like enjoying some sort of inside joke that Arya's not privy to and that we are not privy to. Which, but yeah, the fact that we're not privy to is one thing, but mm-hmm. Arya is not privy to an inside joke of adults? And then, and then, uh, Byron mentions that, uh, they should invite Ezra. Yeah. Because, uh, Ezra, he still seems lost on campus and Byron says, oh, he can invite a date. And Ella is the one who's like, she like smirks and she's like, that should be interesting. Which that even more made me think that she knew about the Arya thing. Yeah. And then Arya's not pleased by this, but Byron's like, well, he's not Arya's teacher anymore. He's a colleague. So it's no conflict of interest. And then it's like Arya, like she's like slingshotting back and forth. And then she's just kind of like, oh, it's not a conflict of interest. Hmm. So the next time we see Arya, she's at the college in Fitz's office. Once again, a little too close to Fitz, even in his office. Uh, she doesn't want him to go. She's like, you, you should cancel. He's like, well, I already, I already said I would go. And she's like, well, just change your mind. Like, I, I don't want to have to sit across the t- dinner table at you with some date. And he's just like, I'm not going to bring a date. And he's basically, he's like, look, like, this is basically what you've been asking for, for like your parents to see us together in like a, in an adult atmosphere. 
Yeah. So this is the this is a little baby step they're gonna take. So Arya decides it's, it's, to allow Ezra to come to the dinner party. This is the episode where I think everyone just realizes who and what Arya is, and they play <laughs> that against her to get what they want. But exactly the they're doing a thing now in the show where it's very subtle. So like you're not even sure if this was like a, a half addressed idea from the writers, or there's something they're planning to abandon quickly. But it's like this idea that. Even though they just had their big, you know, reunion, you know, with, with Ezra going to the college and so now they can date, blah, 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 blah. Like, Arya's pulling away from him again. Yeah. She's, she started pulling away from him at the start of the season. Now she's pulling away again. And it's like, she, is she gravitating towards Jason? You can't tell. Well, it's almost like Ezra wants it a little too much. Yeah. Well, it's because he realizes that she, uh, She's pulling away, so he's doing that thing where he's trying mm-hmm. to hold her tighter. Which doesn't work. Uh, do you want to point out, I don't know if it's just you'd notice it more in this episode, do the lighting or whatnot, but Arya's got like a red tint in her hair. Uh, a little bit. It's a good look. Yeah. Go ahead and say that. And it's a good look for Arya. But yeah, so Ezra's kind of manipulating Arya to a certain extent there, just as Ella was mm-hmm. manipulating her a bit. So uh, then we get a scene where... Byron ventures into Mike's room. Mike's lair. God, Mike is yeah. such a tool. Like he's yeah. got uh, like a broken off side door mirror from a car, like sitting next to his computer, so he can see people behind him. And he's Which, he's put a piece of masking tape over objects. You know, it says objects in the rearview mirror, and yeah. then written parents. You know, yeah. Parents in the rearview mirror are closer than they appear. Which that's the whole question right there. Like, hey, buddy, where the fuck did she get the broken mirror from? Well, the way that, and we'll get to more of this later, but the way they portray, like, the parenting of Byron and Ella uh, to Mikey is, like, it's like everything they do is intruding on his own specialness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, they give him a Arya. ton of slack. Yeah. He's dark, dark Arya. Yeah. And Byron's like, hey, I'd like you to come to this dinner thing tonight. And he's just like, no, fuck off, basically. And so Byron finally has to like raise his voice like a tiny amount and say like this is important I, I you know I need you to make make time or whatever. Well, he's and, just like can't make it I got stuff I'm busy. So Byron's like get unbusy. Well, I'm wondering if you're watching this episode, are you supposed to take it that Byron's being like a dick by like ordering this kid around, or is this kid like like whose side are you supposed to be taking here? I I think that Mike is too much of a dick. Like for you to even potentially like mm-hmm. side against Byron. Um, everyone on this show listens to music through headphones. Yeah, uh, but uh, Mike listens to especially shitty pop punk music. Yeah, he's being a real rebel with his like sub newfound glory bullshit that he's listening yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Also, but there, there's some there's some very creepy shots in this scene with Mike in the mirrors. Well, there's a there's another well, you know on the other TV show that that follows Mike around. There's some weird shit going on with Mike we can talk about later. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. There's a uh, scene where Arya comes to see her mom in class. Uh, and Ella is talking to Jason. Jason fucking De Laurentiis. Jason came by the high school to talk to the guidance counselor about talking to at-risk students. Because, as we all know, Jason was once a stoner himself. I don't, I don't know if you're aware of that. He's just going to be like, hey, stoners in training, there is life after high school, lol. Well, he says that, and then it cuts to Arya, who just looks like, uh, just very specious of the, the whole, you know, thing. Like, yeah. really? Your life after high school? Okay, bro. Which, don't you just kind of want to sit in for that, like, that briefing, though? Where he's just like, hey, guys, 
I did so many drugs that I don't remember possibly eight years of my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's nebulous how old I am. <laughs> That's how stoned I was. I did a lot of drugs, you know, because I was high all the time. I could be 24. I could be 28. I fell my ass backwards in the money at some point. At one point, I looked like a completely different guy and I wore suits. It's because I was high all the time. I was so high that I looked like a different guy and I wore suits. And now I'm more blonde. So, mm-hmm. so kick the habit. So we find out that Ella has invited Jason DeLaurentis over to this family dinner thing. Arya's not super pleased by this. And after Jason leaves, she kind of talks to her mom. And it's it's kind of like a, it's like a sympathy invite or something because of the yeah. fashion show. And Ella wrote uh, yeah, a note to Jason's mom. Something to make her feel better, but yeah, Arya's face, Arya's tone is, you know, she's kind of just like, why did you do that, mom? Her face is like, why the fuck did you do that? Arya, basically, what she's trying to communicate is, hey, hey, everyone, before you do anything, why don't you go ahead and run that by me first? Mm-hmm. Because I'm Arya, and I've got some drama, I've got some storylines that none of you are aware of. Mm-hmm. So, and Ella also wants to know about the fashion show, like, what the hell was that? And Arya's like, oh, it's just some stupid prank. No, and first of all, she's very defensive from the get-go. The mm-hmm. fact that it wasn't any of them. Yeah, I and Ella's like, I don't, Ella's, Ella's like, I don't. like, I don't think it was. But what's going on? You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so Arya's like, I don't know, some stupid prank, whatever. You know. WTF. But, but Ella should be more suspicious because if you were Arya, you know, and everything was copacetic, mm-hmm. wouldn't you be furious at this prank? Yeah, yeah, obviously Arya's a little too accepting of it. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Oh, and then she mentions that Mr. Fitz is coming to dinner, and she says, you, Ella says, you probably want to get used to calling him Ezra. (laughs) Which that line would tie into your theory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, Spencer finds out about this from Arya, and Spencer's very creeped out that Ella invited Jason into their house. Oh, that's right. It's guess who's coming to dinner night. (laughs) Uh, just real quick, we'll get into the Hannah Emily stuff in a minute, but there's some roommate tension in Hannah and Emily's life. I just wanted to point out that Arya really kind of gets off in hearing about it. I had that in the the Emily part. Arya, like Lucy Hale, does one of her best like Arya like kind of like and line think, readings like ever. Like she's well, I think it's a matter of like they use different takes and edit them together. Mm-hmm. But there's a point where Arya's like she's playing it pretty cool. She's just listening, and then there's one point where like. The focus of the shot is on uh, Emily or Hannah or whoever, and somebody else walks on the screen. But like Lucy Hale has this like super excited look on her face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, they're, her and Spencer are very patronizing about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then there's an, another very interesting scene here between Ashley and Ella, uh, where it starts awesome. out with Ashley saying, "I had a feeling you would call." And to me, this was like. This is like the the drama has spilled out so much that the uh, the real mom has to talk to the fake mom. Yeah. Like Ashley, the doppelganger mom, needs to have a chat with real the real mom over what's happening with their daughter. Yeah, the moms have a summit. They have a powwow. They're finally comparing some notes on like all the weird shit that seems to happen around their daughters. Yeah. And they talk about how uh, like Ashley's like, well, you know, we had Mean Girls in all day, our day, and Ella's like, yeah, that's. This is more than just that, though. Mean girls are meaner now. Yeah, and it's been going on for a while. They they mentioned like the 
the fashion show, the the trophy thing, the thing with Ian and the, the, awesome. the bell tower and Allison. Like, there's just like a lot of weird smoke. Although it's funny though, the things that they're specifically talking about all in Showtime happened like last month, but, maybe two months. But, yeah, but I mean, like even though like we're like four months into these girls' lives, but yeah, mm. um, but yeah, the, these things have been going on for a while, but they're just now realizing them. And so Ashley's like, well, have you talked to uh, anyone else? And uh, Pam's in Texas, and Elle doesn't want to have that conversation over the phone. And so Ashley's like, uh, you know, Veronica Hastings. And, and Ella just kind of smirks at this. Like, she's like, please. <laughs> the Hastings, I'm not talking to them. It's This is very interesting because Ashley... Well, I'll just say. So the, Ashley brings up that they think that the whole therapist situation was a huge misstep. And that it can be all blamed on Spencer's dad, Peter Hastings, who actually is like, we should never have rolled over and let like Peter Hastings, like, you know, talk us into that. Right. He, a guy who's never met a problem and he couldn't buy off one way or another. Mm. And it's interesting because on one hand, clearly Ashley has some kind of something with Peter Hastings. Like that, like that she's got some knowledge there. You know what I mean? Whether like, or not Ashley specifically has a thing with Peter, Ashley knows guys like Peter, I feel like. Maybe, but it's funny too, is because at this point in the episode, there's going to be some situations later on with Spencer's dad. Mm-hmm. We really haven't gotten the thrust of that, but we're already going into those scenes, mistrusting him. Yeah, because of something that Ashley said. It's, it's very, it's very interesting that usually you find that they would do this where like, a, like, like the character involved in that storyline would overhear something innocent that later, mm. you know, flavors the way. But no, it's all about... It's setting up the audience the, specifically. Yeah, shading yeah. the audience for this thing. It's very interesting. Um, but I but feel yeah, like Ashley, Ashley probably has a pretty good read on people, I think. Ashley, like, I feel like she's the, uh, I guess you could say, like, the lowest class of them all, all the moms. But that, that allows her to, like, you know, see and, like, a- acknowledge things that the other moms might, you know, pretend to be too good for. Well, you can tell that she's being real, because this is an iced tea mom summit. So no wine yeah. here. Well, that, that could be a Long Island iced tea. True, true, true. Oh, that'd be wonderful. That'd be a whole other show I want to watch. <laughs> There's that scene where, like, Ella takes a sip of the wrong cup, and she's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, it's 11 o'clock. Ashley's like, this is my house. I don't have to drive anywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't go to work today. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, then it's dinner party time. Arya, I, this whole dinner party is wonderful, by the way. Um, just yes. all the all the kind of like banal conversations that people have at the dinner party. Everything's and the kind of forced and polite. Uh, Arya, she's very much acting as the the mature daughter here. She's just wearing kind of like a, a nice black dress and being very studious and talking with the adults, but not like she's actually not being like too precocious about it. Like she offers to babysit, you know, but she's just like, Which I thought that was the one misstep on Aria's part. Cause that, that to me, like adults don't babysit. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, by the way, that lady, the, the mom who's given birth and now the father's like super crazy, like over parenting. Mm-hmm. That woman is Buffy's crazy roommate from college. Ooh, yeah, I can see that. Wow. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Ezra, so Byron and Ella try to, well, first of all, Byron and Ella try to cute away the fact that they don't know where Mike is. Ella has a very good, like, fake smile as she's like, oh, you'll find out when your kid becomes a teenager. 
And she throws this smile that, like, you can just tell that behind it, she's like, in a, she's not pleased. I'll, I'll say that, that that move is, like, the full range of Holly Marie Combs' acting ability. Yeah, but she does it well. Yeah. yeah it's practiced. Mm-hmm. Just just like that, that move where Ashley lifts the wine glass from the table to her mouth. It's practiced. <laughs> uh, I love Ashley so much. Laura Layton just nails the character. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Ezra shows up. He's got some flowers. Which is that a thing you do at dinner parties? I don't know. I guess yeah, I. I guess I never get invited to them, so I wouldn't know. But uh, and if you're smart too, like Ezra, you bring flowers for Ella, mm-hmm. and you bring scotch for Byron, which which Byron <laughs> gets a boner for. There's like a mini like bro down moment, whereas Byron's just like, "What's up, Ezra?" and and Ezra's like, "I got you some scotch," and like they like you know touch each other's penises. <laughs> well, Byron, even even dorkier, Byron sees it. And this is like, this is like, this is like off the shelf, like maybe Jack Daniels or something. Like, well, I feel like both. Byron's uh, like, Whoa, that's some serious scotch. I think both Byron and Ezra buy into this kind of like romantic Hemingway ideal of like writers drinking scotch, like pounding out the truth. Well, which would be funny, except. Then they added something where Ezra and Arya kind of walk away, and Arya is and like, then they talk like, shit about the scotch. Well, they talk shit about the, how the scotch tastes, but then mm-hmm. it's the throwaway line here that makes it all for me. Ezra says that he asked the guy at the liquor store <laughs> what Byron likes. Ezra's, There's so much to talk about right there. Says Ezra at the liquor store, he's like, "Hey, you know that one douche? His name is Byron." And the guy behind the counter is like, "Yeah, I know the fucking guy." Ezra's like, what is he? What is he like? Which, like, there needs to be this scene, like in like I don't know, like season four, season five, where like Spencer just goes to the liquor store and talks to the guy there who lays out <laughs> everyone's dirty laundry. I just like the idea that Arya is like talking shit about her dad's taste in scotch. Yeah, which I think, in a way, though, kind of tells you a lot about the state of her relationship with Ezra, mm-hmm. because of. Arya can find something wrong with her dad. She can find something wrong with Ezra. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh, and so then, of course, uh, Jason De Laurentiis shows up. He's looking a little less classy here. His shirt's not tucked in. He's not wearing a tie. He's wearing a blazer, but he can't tie, tuck his fucking shirt in. But Ezra's not wearing yeah. a tie either, we should point out. But Ezra's, like, dressed in such a way that, like, he still looks super classy without the tie. His shirt's tucked in. It's a, it's yeah. a, it makes a huge difference when you compare these two guys. Well, and plus... He's got like a man's haircut. Well, his shirt's not only tucked in, but it's it's a like a dress shirt, not kind of like yeah. one of those more kind of like random long sleeve shirts that Jason's wearing. Yeah, yeah. like uh, it could be like a Tommy Bahama shirt with a blazer on the top. And so there's some some just weird tension here, uh, which I don't know. I guess there's some Spencer stuff that happens. We want to just like briefly address that. Oh uh, yeah, briefly. basically, basically, Spence Arya has to go take a call from Spencer and and. Theories are thrown out that possibly Jason is the killer uh, because of how convenient his, like, blacking out for eight years excuses. Oh, yeah, that's that's Spencer's theory based on what's yeah. going on in Spencer's life right now. But um, the tension it creates of- is that now now Arya has, like, her two, you know, secret boyfriends, more or less, in the same dinner party, and it's she just, she's not happy. There's just, like, weird... But, like, the amount of time in which... Arya returns to dinner party, the amount of time in which she, like carries and we're going to talk about this but mm-hmm. the carries this like jason might be the killer with her is like zilch <laughs> by the time she gets downstairs she's completely forgotten about that phone call because she's thrust 
right into like Byron, like basically it was like head in Ezra's lap as Ezra regales his like tales of like lame literary travel journals. Well, Ezra, Ezra says he was, he was either going to visit Japan or Europe and he ended up biking through Ireland. Uh, went to Ireland because he loved Joyce and Beckett and wanted to see where they started like an asshole. But then there's like a cut to Jason kind of like smirking at this, like, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like these, these guys are not real men. And then, uh, the, uh, like the other dude who's there, like the other father, uh, who's at the dinner party is like, Oh, I have a bike, but it's just like, you know, sitting in my garage or whatever. Uh, and then Jason, like he has to like, he, like his move is like, Oh, I'm not going to be Mr. Intellectual guy. I'm going to be like, you know, like, kind of like quasi spiritual like yeah. self-actualization guy where it's like oh man you just gotta put a baby seat on that bike and ride it like cause i went to like hawaii and rode my bike after i was high for eight years and uh really cleared my head needed to clear his head yeah yeah, yeah. um and Arya just just Arya just the whole the whole scene Arya's just like she's looking back and forth and you're just like that frown just keeps getting frownier it's like yeah. Arya does not care for this at all well, it's like, it's like, it's, I don't know, it's like, you want to think Arya's grown up, because like, a year ago, or, you know, show, or, or real life-wise, not mm-hmm. show-wise, she would have just been drinking in all of this, like, adult manness. And now she's just like, these guys are all douchebags. Every single one of them. <laughs> yeah. And then, the cops show up. Officer Barry shows up, and he just got this look on his face, like, God, oh, fucking damn it, this shit again, you know? And yeah, and her, she opens the door and she's just like, oh boy, here we go. I want to put it, Officer Barry is the only real cop on this show. And he's always having to deal with like these kind of like privileged, like high strung parents. Like he, he can tell he's already mentally geared, girding himself up for this, you know. He has to let and them know that uh, Mikey got rolled up trying to break into somebody's house and they need know, to come and, down and to the station. I want to talk to like the writers of the show real quick. Cause I'm sure you're listening to this podcast by now because I've listened to other PLL podcasts and they're crap. So like if you're a writer for PLL and you're just kind of trolling iTunes for, you know, people talking about your show, obviously you found us, which welcome season five. Here's what I want. A scene in Ashley's kitchen with officer Barry in a towel. Whoa. <laughs> it's like, again, officer Barry is the only real cop on this show. There's no, there's no BS storylines or like Ashley needs to fuck him to get Hannah out of some trouble <laughs> or like he's going to play somebody or like he's actually sleeping with like Jenna. He just shows up when someone's been murdered <laughs> or someone's disappeared or someone's broken into something. Like I wanted, was he there with Wilden when they first arrested Hannah and the pilot? I, I like think he was. he was. I think he was. Yeah. 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 He's like the only other cop on the payroll. So. Yeah, when he shows up, it's a it's a big deal. Well, um, so so they find out Mikey got rolled up, and so Ellen and Byron, or they're gonna have to go down to the station. And Arya, like, she feels super guilty because this is obviously all about her now. Um, and she's like, kind of like, she's doing like an eye chatter thing with Jason here as they both like think about what this means that that he got caught again. And Ezra picks up on this, and Ezra's thinking to himself like. What the fuck is going on? Like, what's going on between these two right now? Well, real quick. So, when Officer Barry shows up to talk about Mike, he's so uncop-like compared to the other cops. His primary concern is about immediately making sure Byron Allen know, don't worry. He's fine. Mike's fine. He's not injured or anything, but there's been a situation. You know what I mean? Like, he's very accommodating to them. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, he's not like hard-assing them at all. But yeah, so earlier when Jason showed up, 
Ezra's over on the couch and he gives he gives like what like what the fuck look is this? And then later as he sees this look pass between Arya and Jason, I want to say they use the exact same shot of of Ezra <laughs> being like, "What the fuck am I witnessing here? What is going? What is this? What is this eye chatter nonsense?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Arya is like, "I am such an adult for how I juggle all of these things." If it seems like we're talking a lot about Arya here, it's because they're seriously like most of this episode is Arya, <laughs> and because we talk about Arya every single episode at nauseum. And so later on, uh, Byron and Ella left, presumably, to go get Mike. Jason and Ezra, like, the other guests left, uh, you know, like, Buffy's old roommate and her husband, they left. So it's just Arya, Jason, and Ezra hanging around. And it's it's super awkward. And Ezra's kind of like, like, Jason's in the other room, and Ezra's trying to fish about Jason. Like, hey, who, who's this guy? You know? And yeah, Arya's, who's this Jason, bro? Arya's just like, oh, it's, you know, front son of my mom's friend or whatever. Like, playing dumb and then she goes in the other room to give jason some coffee and like he tries to like comfort her about how this isn't like her fault even though she feels like it is and it works because because see you guys said that first is that so Arya is like cleaning up the dishes you know she's doing all that stuff she's being the good daughter the responsible mm-hmm. person and that's where he first comes up to her and he offers to help her and she's like no 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 thanks i need to keep moving i need to do this and so ezra like i don't know if he's trying to distract her but he starts this conversation about how he basically wants to pat himself on the back for how well he did tonight with Arya's parents. And she's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, did you practice all this, like, like repartee, you know, in the mirror before you came over? And he's like, well, just the introductions, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then he starts asking about the Jason bro. And she's like, oh, he's just some dude, whatever. So then she goes over to talk to Jason. And Jason's like, like, they offer Jason more coffee. And Jason's like, hey, give me that. And he takes the thing from her, has her sit down starts listening to her like giving her a, a concerned ear and as like literally does that thing or like he just like peers around the the wall like she he can't help but like jason can like she'll stop and sit and talk of jason so ezra is like probably quietly losing his shit mm-hmm. and meanwhile Arya is talking about how like oh mike must be so angry because you know he isn't getting any attention and all this other drama is going on and and yeah, meanwhile, as they're in the other room, is just wondering like what exactly is going on. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's see what happens next. We get the scene where Byron and Ella pick up Mike from the police station. Byron is very unhappy. He's like, I guess you could say he's yelling at him at Mike, but he's like, he's pretty reserved for a, an angry parent, I would say. And yet, Ella still gets yeah. mad about this. Like I, I, I didn't think like Byron to me, like like you're you're getting off pretty easy here, Mike. Like yeah, uh, yeah. I think I, either of our fathers would have torn us a new asshole if we got arrested. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's getting some very sternly worded uh, you know, comments from Byron with a slightly raised voice. Um but even slightly. then Ella's like she's like, Hey, like we need to we need to think about this and we need to not jump to any conclusions or yell, we need to figure this out. Fucking Wait, millennials, first- man. Well, at first, I kind of thought that Ella was going to pull this whole, like, you can't do this in public. It matters a great deal. Like, who sees you doing what here in Rosewood? But no, they sit there and talk. Like, mind you, it's mm-hmm. not like Mike can't hear them. You know what I mean? It's not like it's a soundproof car. He's sitting in the back seat. And they're sitting there talking about, like, what did they do wrong? What did they miss? He's not a criminal. It's obviously about something. And meanwhile, Mike's whole expression is just like, this is such a fucking drag. 
Because he's just being a douche. He is such a douche. And and the actor's really good at playing yeah, a douche. I, I just gotta say, like, like fucking millennial parents, man. Like, no wonder these kids are so fucking spoiled. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to yell at my own son because he just got arrested? What the fuck, Ella? Yeah. But, I mean, this is kind of just showing that there's still strife about their uh, their parenting methods. Yeah. So, let's see. We come back to Arya is now, like, searching uh, Mike's loot stash to see, like, what else he might have stolen. Because Jason put the idea into her head that, like, Mike will be in... Like the the amount of trouble he's in will be like corresponding to the amount of houses he's broken into. Um, I don't yeah. know if that necessarily holds up or not, but she's checking Mike's loot stash now to see exactly how much trouble he could be in, and she finds Which is good move by Arya, smart move. Yeah, and she finds that uh, that kind of like candle vase thing, or that thing that Jenna thing made that Arya got uh, busted for uh, talking about with Jenna. The thing that you put the candle in and spin around. She finds that in Mike's elite stash. And so it's like, oh, he broke into Jenna thing's house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a, there's a great shot of Ezra like sitting in a chair, just kind of like swirling his scotch around in his glass. Like, like, like just like, I don't know. It's like such a like a frustrated mood, you know, like he, like he really thought this night was going to go amazingly different than it did. Mm hmm. Um, but yeah, so Arya then comes running downstairs. Basically, it's like, you guys gotta go. She's <laughs> like, by the way, get the fuck out of here. I don't know why I didn't tell you this an hour ago when everyone yeah. else left. You well, because I've got to go. What's funny is that they're both doing this thing where they assume that they need to hang around because they, like, they'll want to have some to... real, they, they need to have some real talk with Arya and they both assume that they just yeah. gotta get rid of this other guy and then they can have it. But they're both doing it. So when Arya finally is like, hey, get the fuck out, both of you. And uh, Ezra's like, both of us? Because <laughs> you know, like, yeah. they're both assuming that she only wants one of them to leave. And they're, they're both just kind of like lingering and kind of like it's like this like anti-race to the door to see who's going to like be the first one to leave. Well, and so before that, though, as like they're kind of chatting with each other before Arya comes back downstairs... Like Jason's, you know, he's trying to feel out Ezra. Ezra. Jason goes straight to Ezra. Ezra asks Arya, "What's up with Jason?" Jason asks Ezra, "What's up with Ezra?" Like, oh, so you teach with Byron? That's how you know all of these people. And and Ezra's like, "Well, you know, I, I used to teach. You know, I used to work with Ella. I used to teach at Rosewood." And he's <laughs> like, "Oh, did you have Arya?" In dot 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 in any of your classes? <laughs> and Ezra's like, "Yes, and yes." Smell my finger, bro. <laughs> At one point, I just wanted Arya to be like, smell my finger. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, they both get kicked out, and they're like, they both, like, eventually leave, and she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. You know, and they're both, like, standing on the front porch, kind of looking at each other, like, very slowly taking that first step off the porch, you know? It's like, you know, they both are thinking, like, well, maybe if I just, like, circle around to the back of the house, we can pick up where we left off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just funny is that I think for a moment, though, Jason, who who walks in looking like dirt, dirty trash, mm-hmm. like, actually manages to outman Ezra. Because Ezra's, like, trying to look that such a scale as a glass of scotch. Mm-hmm. But Jason's got his little tiny coffee cup. But well, I, I think actually makes him look more sophisticated than Ezra. Jason doesn't need to compete on a uh like a, like a man basis uh, like a substance 
tolerance basis. He's like, I'll have you know, I was high for like eight years. Like, your scotch does not impress me. He's like, let me literally rehash a conversation with you that I do not know how old I am. I could be 23. I could be 29. <laughs> He's like, I've done drugs so hard, it's actually disturbing to think about. It's not even manly. One minute I'm like 17. The next minute it's 17 years later and my little sister is dead. I've done crocodile. Do you even know what that is? It basically just kills you. <laughs> uh, but then again... Ezra has had some uh, some experience with the Green Fairy, so I don't know. Maybe these two guys could bro down a little bit. Yeah, that would not make Arya happy, I don't think. But yeah, so so after they leave, after they do the uh, "You mean me" or uh, both of us on the porch for a moment, they have that kind of like they look at each other and just like well, that was fucking weird. <laughs> uh, so after Byron Allen had presumably gone to bed, Arya confronts Mike about all the shit he's stolen, and now we get to the real shit. Yeah, because yeah. Mike is like, look, I didn't steal that from Jenna's house. I got that from that cop's house, who, who he calls oh. Officer McFriendly. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. Uh, but there, he kind of buries the lead here, and he says that he, the, the quote he has, he says, I was looking for a gun to use to get away from here. Um, what he's talking about is suicide. Arya, this flies completely over Arya's head. Uh, yeah, because I was... It took me a minute to realize it because the way he words it is like, is Mike gonna? Is Mike honestly think he's gonna have to like shoot his way out <laughs> of a situation? And then I thought, what was he talking about putting that gun in his mouth? That's what he's that- talking about. It, but it, it flies completely over Arya's head. She doesn't even pick up on it. Uh, yeah, why else would you be looking for a gun to no. get away from here? I know that like there's not a really a lot of evidence of it from what we've seen seven episodes in the season two. But didn't you tell me that like the fan theory online is that Mike is gay? That's one of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's like some rumor that in a later season he would come out, but it never came to anything. Hmm. But uh, yeah, so what Arya picks up from this is that there's some sort of Jenna Garrett connection. Uh, they're allied in some way, and thus uh, she needs to text Spencer to let Spencer know not to trust Garrett. Yeah, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's about it for Arya, finally. Yeah, yeah. well, Arya pops up elsewhere in this episode. But yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're done with our main Arya section. Now we will continue on to the other girls in the sub-Arya sections. Anna. Uh, let's, I'm trying to remember where exactly this is. Um, but there's this shot of Ashley. Where, uh, oh, it's Hannah gets a text when they're, they're having breakfast with Emily and... and Ashley and Hannah all together. Hannah gets a text. She says like, "Oh, it's it's Dad. He, like he's on his way over." And Ashley makes that like secret like sex face when when Hannah mentions it's, this. It's a cross between that and like the Pillsbury Doughboy giggle when his stomach is poked. Mm-hmm. She's just kind of like, <laughs> like 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 a like a cool breeze it just like tickled her clitoris that moment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, later at school, Caleb apparently just got stiffed. He's he's still like you know selling his like jailbreak skills, but some guy just stiffed him. And there's like this hilarious pimped his phone. Yeah, after he pimped his phone, there's a hilarious shot where he's in the background talking to some guy, and he gives him like the most wussy punch or not punch, but push in the in the chest. You know, like it's like oh your your criminal ways are so unimpressive, Caleb. 
Well, um, yeah, Caleb, like, especially this episode where we get into a little bit of Caleb's quote unquote street cred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like they could not have cast like the more non-conforming to that stereotype actor. Uh, I think they could have get cast uh, Ian or not yeah, Ian Harding, the guy who plays Ezra. Wouldn't true, you agree? True, yeah. true, 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 true. But so, um, Hannah is like decided, like she does not like Caleb's sketchy ways. Like he needs to be domesticated now. Well, first um, she says, you know, if you ever need some cash, which I thought was funny because a lot of season one was about how Hannah was trapped. Yeah. She's like, my but mom will do anything, seriously. <laughs> yeah. But he's just like he doesn't need her to fight all of his fights for him, which is funny because literally the episode before. Or two episodes before, he was it was very cutesy to him. The I way think he, I think he's saying like I need to I need to draw a little bit of a line here. Yeah, you know? I need to butch up a little bit here. Um, they talk about that and they go back inside the school as this break ends or whatever. And it's funny is that we kind of pull back across the street where this is seemingly all spied on by somebody parked across the street. Somebody in a black car has been watching this exchange between Hannah and Caleb, which is interesting because. I do not believe that we get the resolution for who that is in this episode. No, it's just a little teaser for what's coming. Uh, which I think is fascinating because typically that urge is to have something show up again at the end of the episode. And that it's just a one little minor thing that will pop mm-hmm. up, I'm sure, in like a previously on package in a future episode. Well, that's why I think this episode is really about uh, setting that all up. Like it's setting up like the whole like rest of like season 2A. Because they, yeah, yeah. they, they plant a lot of stuff in this episode. They've cleared the deck of the whole Ian mess. They did your kind of in between, you know, the first plot of the season, and the second plot of the season with the fashion show. Yeah, now mm-hmm. the, the transition is full on this way. So um, we cut to, uh, it's later on, it's that night. It's like Hannah and Emily are in Hannah's room. Hannah, as we've seen, is a girl that like, she likes listening to music on headphones and she gets a little carried away in her music. So Emily's trying to study while Hannah is like, <laughs> bouncing around in the bed like looking at fashion magazines and starts to sing along <laughs> i mean it's literally like the odd couple gone like horrible yeah eventually emily just throws something at her yeah um they do have a little bit of conversation about the caleb thing where emily asks hannah how it makes her feel of you know caleb's business and hannah says don't like she basically calls emily dr sullivan uh, for this and puts her headphones back on because she doesn't want to talk about it yeah Later, um, later we find out that Hannah studies at the mall, <laughs> and Emily's time. like, "I need to study somewhere that, that doesn't feel like I'm studying at the mall." And Hannah's well, like, "I study uh, at the mall all the time." Hannah doesn't pick up at all because it's Hannah's house, so she doesn't mm-hmm. pick up at all on how annoying she is to Emily. <laughs> so Emily's going to go to the library later on, and Hannah's like, "You don't need to go to the library. Seriously, your studying doesn't bother me that much." And so then Emily's just like, well, "I need to go somewhere that doesn't feel like the mall," and <laughs> Hannah like. Instantly deadpan. I study at them all the time. And Emily's thinking, that must be why you're so stupid. Exactly. Uh, so then uh, Caleb shows up just as Emily's bouncing. And they do that thing where he's like, oh, so she's gone. Uh, is your mom home? Oh, your mom's not home for a couple hours, huh? Wink, wink. Doing the math, doing the math. Bang time. Yeah. Which, I mean, like as teenagers, they're going to be like, they're going to be especially acute to like uh you know strategic banging opportunities it's just it's funny is like it's all it's all subtextual though because the next time we see them not a hair is out of place <laughs> clothes are completely fine up like you would have thought that they just like maybe i don't know played scrabble together with this alone time that they had yeah 
but but later on, uh, Caleb is doing another deal on his phone. It's some BS about like, oh, buy it now, price is going up next week. Which Caleb's got to be like the most like LOL worthy like hacker ever. I feel like that person's like, you know, I could just go on YouTube and do this myself. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Elizabeth Salander. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the boy with the dragon tattoo. Exactly. So uh, Hannah's more unhappy about this, and Caleb's like, "Well, trust me, this is legit compared to other stuff." Uh, but he which, won't. Ela- he won't elaborate on that. Which at the first, aren't you thinking like prostitution? <laughs> yeah. Prostitution, right? He, he prostitution. won't elaborate, and so Hannah's like, "Well, I know how to get you talking. I'll start talking about like synthetic versus real hair extensions." And she starts to go in on it for real. And, and he's Caleb's just like, just All, like right. "All right, I give." And we find out that uh, when he lived in Allentown, he used to run with a crew. Which, again, Billy Joel song. And these, these crew, these weren't just uh, small time. These were actual bad guys. Carthys. Actual bad guys. That's, that's how he puts it. He says, actual bad guys. <laughs> actual bad guys. Didn't you want like a, like a flashback to this, though? A flashback to the time Caleb was in Allentown running with a crew of actual bad guys. Which would have been great if they were all like dressed up like 50s greasers. Mm-hmm. Stealing cars. I don't think there's any them. other way that actual bad guys dress up. <laughs> These are stuff for car thieves. Yeah, he would uh, hack DMV records and launder VIN numbers for the, the actual bad guys. I love this line, though. Nobody got hurt. It was just a matter of time. Mm. So I got out. Shit was getting heavy, so he bailed, and the actual bad guys were not very happy about this, but he was out of town before they could do anything about it. And for some reason, Hannah's like, have you thought about going to the police? And he's just like, no, moron. So he's like, yeah, trust me, I know the difference between sketchy and criminal. He knows the difference between sketchy and actual bad guys. (laughs) Hannah's just like, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but you should go to the cops. And then Caleb's like, there's a difference between, like, honest and suicidal. And I was waiting for him to, like, continue this where, like, she brings up something else and, and he starts to say something. And she's like, there's a difference between, like, ever getting laid again <laughs> and, like, not your hot girlfriend. Um, Yeah, so he's like, you know, I've never told anyone. This. Well, she's like, well, you've never told anyone this before, right? And he's like, yeah, I've never told anyone this before. And she's just like, ooh, cool. So, like, later, Emily's back. Hannah's clearly just told her some aspect of this story. Yeah. <laughs> well, we find and out later in the scene that she she only told her that there was a secret, not what the secret is. But she's but yeah. so excited to have, like, learned something about Caleb that no one else knows. Which, again, we've covered this already. That was literally the thing that got them into bed together when they mm-hmm. were camping, was that she knew things about him that no one else knew. Uh, but like, she ultimately decides out, like, that she's glad that Caleb came back for her. Like, if Caleb were to suddenly throw out to her that, like, you know, his favorite color is blue and no one else knows that, I mean, she might have to change her underwear. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they they hear a noise, and they it turns out it's uh, it's Ashley and uh, you know, Hannah's dad. <laughs> they're and they kind of like they do the thing where they're like peeking out the door from upstairs, and yeah. you see that Ashley and and Tom Marin there are both shit faced. Yeah, they um, they're doing that like we're super drunk and stumbling inside and like laughing way too much at things and like then trying to be quiet suddenly um, and then making out and then making out and and you know 
Ashley's daughter and her daughter's lesbian friend are up there watching them the whole time, just thinking how skeezy it is. And then they, they, Ashley starts to head upstairs to Tom, and so they have to, like, you know, shut the door and hide again. Like, that's gotta be awkward with your, like, one of your best friends there. Well, yeah, especially since, like, Hannah then has to go, like, sit on the bed and kind of, like, soak this in. Well, and Emily's and like, Emily's so like, your parents just getting like, back together? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, Emily, huh? Just, huh? A moment? It's like, huh? It's like, you well, just, they're, they're about to do some drunk fucking, but, uh, back together, <laughs> that remains to be seen. And it's like, and you thought I was loud and I was singing. <laughs> but that scene, though, doesn't it kind of just instantly paint a picture of why the Marin's marriage probably ended? Yeah, I mean, uh, a successful marriage should probably not feature coming home shit-faced and uh, acting like teenagers when you're, you know, 10, 15 years into the marriage. But I mean, Tom Marin, he comes back in like the season one and this season. He's something he's got pretty well together. He's a sophisticated guy. He's clearly got some kind of money. Whatever his job entails, he hasn't been there for weeks because he's trying to nail his ex-wife mm-hmm. and reconnect the love they has for his daughter. But like, uh, I kind of wonder if like their divorce was all about him like saying, "I don't want to be in a codependent alcoholic relationship anymore." And Ashley's just like, "But I'm Laura Layton." Like, hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Can I mean, what problems can we have that wine can't fix? No problems you'd care to have. So, Emily. Um, at the beginning of this episode, Emily is making egg white omelets for Hannah and Ashley. Uh, it's a very healthy looking meal there. She's, she's, yeah. she's doing the thing where she cracks the egg and then she goes back and forth to get just the egg white. and um, She's got some some like chives or something she's sprinkling on there it's looks like a very healthy breakfast there's some toast it's a handsome looking breakfast and hannah and ashley are like this bitch yeah they kind of like stumble like they kind of like stumble (laughs) downstairs like made up looking fabulous but maybe like experts at hiding being hung over both of them (laughs) yeah and they're like what the hell's going on here somebody's cooking uh emily's just like way too nice for hannah and ashley yeah. She says the whole thing about how, like, oh, my mom says you should always, like, you know, thank someone at the beginning instead of it when you leave or something like that. And they're just like, right. Like, Hannah makes a joke about how much they should tip her. Yeah. <laughs> As Emily goes to, like, get, like, another part of the breakfast or whatever, like, Hannah leans over and loudly says to her mom, how much should we tip her? Mm-hmm. Because... Let's face it; these privileged white people, whenever they have a person with different skin color in their in their presence, yeah, that's what they do. Um, yeah. So the gist of it is, as roommates, Emily really can't handle Hannah's loud Hannahness. Oh, we should we should mention that Emily she's like she's doing all this training because she needs to make sure she does get into Danby, and, and yeah. to do that, she needs good swim times and whatnot. So she's she's been working really hard in the swim thing, so she's very sore. And she's kind of like her shoulders are real sore. And so she's got this like, I don't know, it's like icy hot or some sort of pain cream that she's always like rubbing on herself in this episode on her shoulder. Yeah, it's like, um, it's like there's clearly like something obsessive is happening here. Either she is just training way too hard mm-hmm. or she's picked the world's lamest addiction to develop. Well, I think it's she, she already has this uh, this whole secret about the Danby thing and how she didn't really get in. So now it's like she has to make that a reality. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so we get that the other scene where again she's going off to the library to study. Fantastic exchange, but she needs a peace and quiet. And so Hannah's like, "Is this a gay thing?" <laughs> Emily's like, "No, it's a brain thing." <laughs> you fucking moron. Oh man. Oh, I love that exchange so much. Oh, um, one so- one brief bit when when Hannah's doing the thing where she's singing with her headphones on, and then Emily like throws something at her. Hannah la- then she asks like how she sounded, and then she says, "We should all do a video." Like, yeah, and it's like not tonight. Like, is is Hannah envisioning that they all like record their own music video or something? Uh, so, yeah, like I really, I really wanted to, like Emily to be like, hold up, what exactly are you proposing here? <laughs> well, so later on, it's like uh, in school, and Emily is talking to Arya about how uh, the the every night is a sleepover. She says. Emily's like, yeah, it's great living with Hannah. Every night is a sleepover. And Arya has the most hilarious thing she does in this episode, which is saying something. She just goes, uh-oh. Like, in the most, like, condescending, like, I could give a fuck way possible. Like, like it's, it's as though she's been waiting for this to happen so she can find amusement in it. Yeah. I just love that. Every, every, I, like, rewatch that, like, ten times. Emily's just like, every night's a sleepover. And Arya goes, uh-oh. Yeah, it's awesome. It is so awesome. Um but yeah, like I said there's there's a there's a point there where she's kind of at one level and then like they're switching like like cuts real quick and it's like like Lucy Howe has this like super excited look on her face as if they just use a different take mm-hmm. and they just had to accept that like Lucy Howe had a crazy look on her face in the scene. <laughs> uh yeah, so Emily is doing some more more pain cream rubbing. And so she's got like it's uh it's got to be like at least a six or eight ounce uh, thing there, one of those little tubes that you're squeezing out pain cream from constantly. She's she's working up a good lather with that stuff. Yeah, she she's hitting it hard. Um, that's really about all there is for Emily in this episode, to be honest. Uh, just kind of uh, because a lot of her scenes are with Hannah, so it's a lot of her dealing with Hannah, and then the awkwardness when the uh. The, your best friend who you're staying with when her mom comes home having an affair with her dad. Which, again, <clears throat> shades of uh, Byron and Ella. Indeed. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk um, about Spencer. Can we talk about Spencer's dress? It's uh, red and black horizontal stripes. And painted on. Very tight. Yes, it's very, uh, very, very curvy. I have one word note. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, that is a, a tight, form-fitting dress she's wearing. I think I think she could make it in the Avengers Initiative. She could make it in every initiative with that. So she's having her dad hire Toby to do some yard work, so, like, clear out... Uh, some stuff near the barn because then uh, like it, he's going to do this. And then Spencer's like, Hey, and then dad, you can uh, make that contractor. You're going to hire for the barn renovation, hire Toby as well. Like she's Spencer's like his work. Pimp. Yeah. Well, I feel like Peter Hastings, I think he knows what he's doing here. Like this isn't a very, like, this is like some old school, old money moves. It's like you made these moves in like the Victorian era where it's like, 
well, if this suitor is going to be poking his nose around, I might as well, like, give him a job, number one, so that he will be at a, a higher class and able to afford my daughter, and number two, so I will have all the control over him. Well, yes and no. Uh, I, well, I do not doubt that Peter Hastings has Victorian values. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not letting any suitor who's going to eventually win over the hand of the Hastings, you know, heiress, like, they're not clearing out yard work. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, Toby, like... To some extent, yeah, but I, I feel like it's like, if if you've accepted you can't put a stop to this, you're going to, like, it's like, it's like you're like the, uh, you know, the Lady Dowager. You're gonna, you're gonna make this person high class one way or the other. Yeah, but they're not, they're not doing that. But Spencer, yeah. I think the more telling thing is Spencer makes this line about, well, I think our family owes him. And her dad <laughs> just kind of, like, bemused, just like, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's really, it's just like he's, this is his pen. He's buying off Toby by letting him do like the shit work. Mm-hmm. I don't think that like Peter Hastings has any like grand plan. Like this, this is not. I'm rent. not saying, I'm not saying that this is his only plan. I'm just saying that Peter Hastings has a lot of irons in the fire and, uh, mm-hmm. he might as well, uh, put this one in there too, just in case he needs it. Well, I, I think also Toby's probably dirt cheap labor because Toby is horny for work. He is desperate for anybody to throw some coin at him because nobody wants to hire him because he's, he's creepy. So yeah, he's going to go work for like Spencer's dad. Who's probably paying him like nothing. <laughs> but, but then he's going to get hired on by the contractor, but, but it's going to be through Peter Hastings. Because as she she says that you're going to make yeah. sure the contract. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, though. He's it's a mutual, uh, you know, benefit well, type think, situation. I think Peter Hastings is probably a guy who has no qualms about reneging on a deal. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I think I think it, I think all of Toby's paychecks are not handed to him. They're they're crumpled up and thrown on the <laughs> ground for him to pick up. It's definitely under the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Spencer, at one point in that conversation, mentions a fence that Jason De Laurentiis is building, and Spencer's dad is like, "Whoa, I put a stop to that. I called he's, the surveyor. He's like, property. yeah, the fence would have been on uh, their side of the property." And uh, I like how he basically says that the the De Laurentiis family are a bunch of habitual line steppers, and that, you yeah. know, those it guys, was, you can never trust them. The family is nothing if not consistent, always crossing lines, mm-hmm. which is just like. Like Spencer should not have let her, let her dad leave the room without explaining that because that's heavy. Yeah. That's it's, got some backstory. Instead, she goes outside to ogle the help, which is Toby. Yeah, yeah. And she's not at all shy about saying, "I'm going to sit here and just uh, fan myself while watching you work," uh, because in in my world, you're the one who's objectified. Yeah, there's the male gaze, the female gaze, and the Spencer gaze. <laughs> And Toby comes off as like a simple guy. He's just like, okay. Well, then Peter Hastings shows up, and so Toby's like, oh, hey, uh, you know, I, I made some drawings about some ideas I have if you're interested for the barn. And I love how he has to press it by saying, I'm not an architect. And I just want Peter Hastings to say, oh, really? You're not? <laughs> I wanted him to break the, the ABC familyness of the show and just turn to Toby straight face and be like, no shit. <laughs> yeah. You? Not an architect? Not an architect? You're like 17. Yeah. Do you even have a GED? You, you might still be working for your GED. <laughs> That's so funny. I clearly thought you were an architect. Oh, well. Because mm-hmm. I'd have the architect raking the leaves back here for me. 
<laughs> we do see a, a drawing of the Hastings property, so we can get a little bit of an idea where things are. That that wall is actually like over on the other side of the house. Yeah. And they have like a big long driveway and like a turnabout. Well, Spencer, the, like Nolan North is like this guy needs to do more live action stuff because there's something subtle. Like, it's almost like I want to see Peter Hastings in a scene of Charles Widmore. Speaking of Nolan North, and I don't want to give anything away, but I, I did just recently play The Last of Us. He has uh, not necessarily a cameo, but just kind of like a, a, a surprise role, I guess you could say. Interesting. Um, and it's it's the kind of thing where, because it's a video game, this character looks nothing like Nor- Nolan North. Uh, it's an older character. And so it's it's interesting to see like the kind of roles he can play as a voice actor, because I didn't realize it was Nolan North. Like I, I, I thought while playing the game, this is like a really effective character, but I didn't realize it was him. So he definitely has some talent in that in that area. But uh, the the two moments from Charles Woodmore that I always love the most from Charles Woodmore's like rich old guyness, like crusty mm-hmm. rich old guyness, is of course when he takes out the two glasses <laughs> while he's meeting a, the suitor for his daughter, yeah. and he talks about how fancy and rich his scotch is, and he pours it in one glass, and he's just like, "Oh, look at that! I didn't pour it in the second glass. You're not good enough for my scotch. You're not good enough for my daughter." The other rich guy move from Charles Woodmore is when he's talking to Desmond in the men's room and he's washing his hands and he doesn't turn off the faucet because what the hell does he care? He's rich. <laughs> he yeah. just walks out with the faucet running. Like, so, so Spencer Tad, he's got this, the, the sketches. I don't think he ever looks at Toby again. He's just like, yeah, these are great. And he just like walks off. Well, he's like, them. hey, I can keep these, right? Thanks. He just walks off. Well, well, like if Toby had said, well, no, I kind of need them back. I think Nolan North would have kept walking. I think he would have just smiled and walked away. Yeah. Maybe checked his phone for a minute and just kept on strolling. Yeah. Mm. Um, but anyways, that all smells like approval to Spencer. So she starts to want to get like a little frisky. And Toby's just like, I'm kind of sweaty. And Spencer's like, I don't care. I want to lick, lick the sweat off your body. In so many words. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, we find out that later that Emily has not talked to Officer Garrett Reynolds yet. And so Spencer's like, well, can I talk to him? And Emily's like, fucking fine. I didn't even want to. Um, yeah. And they, they both Emily and Arya agree that Spencer's great at getting people to talk. She's yeah. like, am I? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, you're you're really fucking intense and scary. Own it, Spencer. Own it. Yeah. Um. So Officer Get Reynolds reports to Spencer that Logan Reed has disappeared from his job. He's uh, registered at Hollis, but he's not there. And, he's been uh, away for like five days. Since Emily um, talked to him, yeah, he's been gone. But ultimately, he says, this guy can't stay underwater forever. We'll find him. Yeah. Uh, but he, but he cautions he, Spencer that no matter what, like this, everything, any information they get from this guy is just going to lead back to Ian. Yeah, so yeah, don't get don't, your hopes don't up, Don't get Spencer. your hopes up these surprises. These loose ends all come back to Ian. Um, so then yeah, we, we get Toby clearing away the weeds in the backyard, and he comes across something. And at first, I was very confused at what this was because I don't play field hockey. Because who plays yeah. field hockey? Um, but it's, it's a f- part Moses. of a field hockey stick. It's an old Hastings field hockey stick. Uh, we know that because it's Hastings is written on the masking tape on the handle. Yeah. Uh, and it, this was buried uh, in the ground somewhere on the Hastings property. And as, as um, soon as Toby discovers this, Peter Hastings shows up. And it's like, oh, let me take that away from you right there. He is immediately right over his shoulder. He the actually like reaches over and grabs it before Toby even knows what's happening. And he's the like, oh, I'll take that. 
yeah, has pulled this move on this show so far is Jenna. Mm-hmm. This is like some Batman stuff where he's just like there. Yeah, taking it, acting suspicious, walking off, and he's just like, I'll take care of this. And Toby's just like, what? Huh? And Toby's asking way too many questions. He's, he's well past that point where it's like, clearly you need to shut up because the guy you're talking to does not want to like uh, yeah. answer these questions. But yeah, he uh, he's just like, oh, thanks, I'll take that. Hey, don't worry about it, Toby. Yeah, no problem at all. Yeah. I, I mean, he's like, might as well like crumple up some money and thrown it at him, too, to buy yeah. his silence. So, of course, Toby runs and tells Spencer about this, like the dutiful boyfriend. Um, and he says that the it's like this broken-ass hockey stick that's buried like half a foot deep. And it snaps it's, off the handle, and the blade looks splintered. As though it had been used to hit something or someone. Uh, and so now Spencer flashbacks to, uh, you know, what this is. It's it's Melissa's old hockey stick that she had given to Allie. We see her, you know, she's giving it to Allie. Because Allie wants to practice field hockey suddenly. And Arya, who in the flashback, she's got the pink hair again. She's yes. kind of like lounging on like a bench or something. And I do believe she has an apple in her hand that she's kind of like tossing back and forth and playing with. Mm-hmm. Uh and she says, because it, they're like, well, why are you suddenly interested in field hockey, Allie? And Allie's like, I'm not yet. And Arya says, maybe you're interested in someone who's interested in field hockey. Spencer says, boys don't play field hockey. Which, like to me, that's like huge neon sign of like hint. Uh, and Allison says, you don't have to play the game to be interested. Mm-hmm. So what the hell does that all mean? But Arya, again, Arya is just like devouring like anyone else's like juicy drama like she's devouring that apple that's true yeah she is very interested in this is potentially like an alley secret here they don't normally get this yeah so spencer like when the flashback ends spencer's already on the phone telling aria about the thing and reminding her of that moment and uh you know Arya's asking some questions. Spencer's like you don't bury old sporting equipment but you do bury murder weapons (laughs) So we flash back again to that same moment, but now Jason shows up. He's looking for Allison to tell what the mom's looking for, and he sees Allison like swinging that field hockey stick, and so they start like swinging at each other. Well, he does a thing where he uh, he pretends to swing it at Allie, and, and Spencer in the background is like, "Look out!" You know. Uh, but then he like he stops because he's just like messing with her, and then he he hands it to her. And then she does swing it at him, but he like catches it with his hand to stop it. Yeah. So it's a very, very weird brother sister moment where they're both threatening each other with hockey sticks. Yeah. And so then I, w- I want to point out that so Spencer's still on the phone of Arya. She's ending this conversation, talking about what this means for their situation, blah, blah, blah. Toby's just sitting there on the couch the whole time, like listening in. I think it's the first time that like, Toby's been like fully clued in. Well, so I want to talk about this because Arya says, you know, this could just be a fucking with us again, like the trophy thing. And Spencer says that, no, because we didn't find this. Someone else did. And when she says that, the way the shot is composed, Spencer is on the left side of the frame in the foreground uh, talking on the phone. And in the background, Toby is like half in the shadow, blurred out. But like it's 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 almost like you're he's he's the main focus of the shot, even though he's not in focus. Like he takes out the majority of the frame in the background as Spencer's like off to one side in the foreground. And it to me, it just it makes it seem like Toby is suddenly suspicious. Like I feel like that shot is telling us that like Toby is not above suspicion, 
because the, because he found it. Yeah, they don't. I mean, it, it's subtle, but it's like it's like oh yeah, they didn't find this, but this guy did. And like, are we suddenly trusting this guy completely? They don't. They don't play for that. But Toby comes off kind of slow in this episode as it is, because like maybe that's all part of an first, act. This is like the first time that I think one of these significant others has really been clued on on what the hell these four girls talk about when they're alone. Mm-hmm. And like he doesn't immediately jump to be like, "Hey, uh, Spencer, honey, sweetie, like your life is a lot more complicated and weird than I thought." And I knew that you were under murder suspicion, you know, mm-hmm. three weeks ago. Um, so, anyways. So Spencer, she mentions to Arya, and then she basically says, "Like, look, Arya, I'm not trying to ruin your already confusing dinner party, but think about this, Arya. Think about what this means." Well, and she's like, "And I'm suddenly not trusting Jason with this bullshit alibi about how he's too high to remember what happened." Yeah, and Arya's just like, "Great," but yeah, just file that one away just that shot of toby in the background there because it's it's almost like it's like whistling past a graveyard when she's like no but like this we didn't find this so it like this must be totally legit and then like just like hmm, there's toby lurking in the background in the shadows so a dark, toby a dark runs figure the, toby runs into peter hastens as he's leaving or to- peter hastens is arriving from his late meeting mm-hmm. and so peter is basically just like hey toby old sport like I know it looked pretty suspicious earlier, <laughs> but it's all cool, bro. Right? Right? Also, it's, it's so cool that you probably don't even need to mention this to Spencer. Toby's like, too late. Toby's like, too late. Already did. But then Toby lies, and it's like, yeah, it didn't seem to mean anything to her. Peter's like, but you don't need to mention this conversation to her. Right? Hey, hey, I'll see you tomorrow working on that thing I'm paying you for. Later. I just want to remind you. I'm paying you money. Mm-hmm. They're little green pieces of paper that say, shut up, poor person. If you ever want to be accepted by my daughter, hint, hint, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Things get buried in my yard all the time, including people. <laughs> Wink. I don't think anyone Later, would scam. miss you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Also, you're disgusting. Yeah, I could here's totally... Some, here's some gas money for the ride home. Nolan North really does, uh, he does deserve more work, because he... he he accomplishes the the vibe of the scene perfectly. But I mean, I'm just saying, anyone out there is casting something. If you have something where you need just like a really asshole, aloof, rich guy, <laughs> Nolan Orff is going to do this in spades. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel I almost feel like the the whole sad thing about PLL is it's just not giving him enough room to breathe. What's What's funny it's is more- that in the uh, in like the video game voice acting world, he's like Tom Hanks. Uh, like he's he's one of the like him and one other guy are the two most popular like voice actors in the video game like uh, arena. He's like a megastar. I just but see I picture like Nolan North like you know like Peter Hastings like he leaves the Hastings compound he drives his Beamer you know mm-hmm. somewhere. Everyone else goes about their stupid fucking lives worrying about Allison and her killer and A and this and that. And Ashley's drinking some wine. But you don't realize is that Nolan North is like driving like the nearest like helipad. Yeah. Taking his helicopter to like his skyscraper in Philadelphia where he's on the phone with the Japanese night and day. <laughs> like making deals, buying things, selling things. I just like always, basically Mitt Romney. I've always found it hilarious that uh, of all the possible actors that could play Spencer's dad, it's uh like video game voice acting superstar in a show that like almost nobody who plays those video games is watching. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, in the Laura Lighton model, 
we're so lucky because who could we have gotten for this? Like Grant mm-hmm. Show, you know, Brian Austin Green or something. Oh, like, God, we're yeah. so we're so lucky that they got this obscure video game voice actor who doesn't have a lot. I mean, because like it was either him or like the guy who plays who like voices Doctor Venture. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Um. Yeah. So then Spencer comes down. Every time Spencer comes downstairs to her house. She's coming downstairs to something new and more horrible. <laughs> and this time it's her dad lighting a fire about to burn that hockey stick. Yeah, yeah. In the fireplace. And she and tries she... to grab it and he like he wrestles it away from her, like like She's it's like, like nope. And she keeps pulling harder and he finally just like basically like tears it out of her hand and and he, he does it in a way where he, he's like raised up his hand as though he could he could strike with it if he needed to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like shadows cast everybody. This is like a biblical struggle. As like the red herring is now thrust. Well, like the only it. the only light from the scenes like coming from the fireplace, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 epic. Um, he says he's he's not taking any chance, or because she's like you can't burn that, and uh, he's not taking any chances. He's tired of all the questions, and so is the, her mom. And Spencer says it could be important, and he says like the trophy you found, <laughs> and so Spencer kind of interprets this to mean that. He thinks that she planted that hockey stick just like she planted the trophy. Yeah, yeah. Spencer, Spencer is as fast, as fantastic as she is, and fascinating as she is. She has certain insecurities that she views the world through. Well, and he and says they're all centered on her parents. He says it doesn't matter who put it there, or why it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't exist, and then he throws it in the fire. Because in in his mind, it's like. I don't know what the fuck is going on with my daughter, but I'm just going to turn this to ash, and then there will be one less problem that I have in my day. Well, and there's a great line, or a little great thing where it calls back to two things. Um, he mentioned something that none of this matters because of Ian. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what kind of other clues. Like we don't need to. We don't need to have anyone suspecting anyone else or anything like that. We have our answer. It's Ian, and he throws it back out. As long as we have Ian lying in that grave that I paid for. And if if we recall that Spencer's actually the real killer here, uh, this all makes a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah. But He's like, look, you said, crazy dissociative daughter. I'm helping you out. You just don't realize it. As Ashley said, this man will buy his way out of anything. Mm-hmm. So he, then, uses, he uses actual money and not his vagina and wine. Yeah. Spencer goes to meet Toby at the like lookout point. We get another one of those exterior shots of Rosewood I always enjoy. Uh, and so now Spencer thinks that her dad thinks that she's just doing this all for attention. Uh, and essentially, like, her new goal is that now, among the many reasons she needs to find out the truth, she needs to do so to win back her dad's respect so that he'll, he'll believe her. Which I absolutely love that, like, the writers were like, Spencer needs more motivation <laughs> for finding out who murdered her friends and has been cyberbullying her for, like, four months now. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more powerful than a girl trying to prove to her father that she's not a psychotic, attention-seeking. She's, she's absolutely out. convinced that this is a murder weapon just because she happened to find it, or you know, some Toby found it. Uh, yeah. Toby, Toby's cautioning. He's like, you know, the police don't always like they might know what the real murder weapon was, and they just aren't sane because that's how police operate. They don't. They I love that these kids everything. are like they're like kids are 16 and they're mm-hmm. super jaded about the cops. He watches a lot. 
he watches like a hell of a lot of Law and Order SVU, I assume. Oh, maybe, or maybe just because he's so just like used to the system now from his mm-hmm. one run. But he's just like, yeah, cops are always leaving the shit. He's been in the system. He's been in. Judy. But they, again, like Spielberg told us that in the Last Crusade, that the whole ultimate Holy Grail isn't some kind of like Jesus thing. It's, it's all Spencer. about the love between a father and a son, mm-hmm. much like it is as a daughter trying to prove to her father that she's not psychotic. <laughs> So uh Spencer goes to meet with Garrett and she's now cuz now she wants to know like well do they know what the weapon is so she's asking like do the cops know what the weapon was Could not be more suspicious mm-hmm. in her question. And he says like well it would be in the coroner's report you know and they Well and I think she's the one who's like well yeah cuz they can tell like based on uh you know like kind of damage it did and and whatnot they can they can get an idea of what kind of weapon it is right and he's like well yeah you know and she says she's not sure Ian killed Allie. And then he's like, he's like, well, what do you mean? And then he, he gets a, like a call on his radio. Meanwhile, she gets a text from Arya that just says like, oh, we can't trust Garrett. First of all, first of all, like he, he is, uh, he's so con- like, like committed to like, Hey, drop it. Ian's dead. It's Ian, blah, 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 blah. Ian, he doesn't initially pick up on how crazy spencer sounds of all of her questions mm-hmm. but yeah then then he starts to be like wait are you saying that somebody else could be a killer like you have some kind of new lead spencer and that's when aria's text comes through like don't trust garrett yeah so spencer's like oh shit and then garrett like he finishes his like radio call and he's like so what were you saying yeah and then we cut to the a tag which is a has uh some sort of clear medicine uh we don't know what it is exactly, uh, but syringe and the thing of medicine that is injecting that medicine with the syringe into a pain cream uh, tube, much like Emily's. So bad news for Emily on the horizon if A's been uh, secretly drugging her. Yeah. That's just. You, it's like A's like, you may have thought I was uh, taking a, a show off, but actually, no. I've been fucking with you the whole time. You just didn't realize it. Which is so fascinating because it's like, then you're, you're just like, how is A like, <laughs> like physically touching her medicine? Like, that's so oh, much that, more interesting. That's trivial, though. She keeps it in her locker, we saw it. It's be uh, oh, yeah, barely yeah. any effort at all for A to get their hands on that. Yeah, because A is most likely, like you said, parked across the street half the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure A has all their locker combinations. I don't think their lockers are safe from A. And I don't think these girls, like it's like you've said, these girls aren't even worried about that anymore. I think they just assume it's it's like a like a cosmic force in their lives. Like if they do their laundry, like a pair of socks is missing, they just assume that A's got them. Mm-hmm. Oh, because what can they do? They can't go to the cops. They can't tell their parents. Like all they can do is try to uh, protect themselves from any future liabilities if they can. They could freak out more, but they're too busy listening to like Toby talk about actual bad guys. Not Toby, mean, sorry, Caleb. Actual bad guys. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like Spencer. That, that Spencer would be very so many different readings. Spencer would be very curious to know about these actual bad guys. She's like, tell me more. <laughs> it doesn't seem like Spencer's ultimate trajectory is she's going to grow up to be like a either a cop or a private eye or something lawyer i think but it'd have to be some sort of like uh like prosecutor 
Yeah. Well, I don't you know. You know, like, she wouldn't think, be, like, a divorce lawyer. Uh, I think, like, cop or private eye is still a little too uh, ground floor for Spencer. Okay. Well, you know, it's a little, too, a little too common man. Yeah. A PI, though. I mean, I don't know. Can, can we just can we just pitch the like PLO ten years later show where Spencer runs her own law firm and like uh, Caleb's her boy with the dragon tattoo? <laughs> I like it. I like it. I don't yeah. know who else you could take. She over runs like a show. like an investigative law firm type of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's just this. Sh- it's like like side of like a uh, like David E. Kelly good wife thing, but you know they solve actual crimes. Spencer as Perry Mason. Mm-hmm. I think so. So that was uh, surface tension. Did it feel like there was a lot of tension to you? Oh boy! All the Peter Hastings scenes with Toby—they're <laughs> just like reeking of uh, like uncomfortableness because it's like he's got Toby over the barrel the whole time, and Toby's trying to like stand up for himself, but there's only so much he can. Well, it's like he's he's either trying to stand up for himself or he's trying to, like, do this, like, subtle act of rebellion. But at the same time, I feel like... He's not as aware of the fact that he is still poor and that Peter Hastings does have the power. Well, I feel like at the same time, I don't know if Toby's aware of this or not, but he can't totally roll over or else that's going to make him look bad in a different light. Yeah. You know, he has to at least give some token resistance to not make him seem like a complete pussy to Peter Hastings. Yeah. It's a complicated game. A little, maybe a little too complicated for Toby to play. He's no Spencer after yeah. all. No, he's not. I mean, I, as much as I like Veronica Hastings, whenever we get like the Peter Hastings stuff, it's always nice. Cause we don't, we don't, we're not going to get a lot of it. Yeah. Well, he's, he's always amazingly sleazy without, Totally, without seeming like uh, like evil, I guess you would say, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's just very willing to like do a lot of underhanded things if he needs to. Yeah, he's he's a dirtbag. He's like a rich. He's your average super rich dirtbag. And yet his hands are so clean. Yeah, because he has people like Toby mm-hmm. <laughs> to clear the yard for him. I just, I just want like the like late night call where he calls Toby over and like hands him a crowbar and gives him an address, tells him to go take care of it. This guy, he, so he basically becomes uh he becomes like son's dad on uh, yes. Lost and Toby's gin. Yes, yes. I, I can see that. Yeah, Toby's gin and, and <laughs> Spencer's son. Toby comes home all bloody one day from work as a puppy. Spencer's like, what's going on? And Toby's like, we'll talk about it later. And Spencer's like, will we? <laughs> Sorry, that's flash forward humor. Yeah. Um, I think we've we've definitely covered this episode. I think we did a good job, especially because the whole time we've been doing this episode, I've been chatting with Peanut online about how to get Airplay to work so that she can watch PLL. More PLL. It's so meta. It's so meta. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the next episode is called Save the Date. Save the date, S2E8, coming up soon. And uh, I will talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thank you.